Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Garoppolo, thrown down! Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond the Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Oh boy. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. So I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Your Carolina Panthers have fallen to new lows, one and nine on the season after a 33 to 10 defeat at home by the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk a little bit about that. A lot to get to. I'm sure you guys actually just sitting there looking at the comments before we even went live. Uh you guys are very frustrated um, <laughs> with this franchise as I'm reading through some of this stuff. We'll get to all of that. Of course, it's always open mailbag here at Believe in Panthers. So if you got something to say, if you're mad, of course, we got to tell them, tell them why you're mad today. And I'm sure there's plenty of things to, to point out here. Uh, just a lackluster effort all the way around. Look like Dallas didn't even want to be there on Sunday for most of the game. Like they were just kind of there because they needed to be. <laughs> so uh, And then they turned it on when they needed to. So we'll get into all that. I know a lot of you got questions about Frank Wright, the coaching staff uh skyler has been in the building so we'll get the latest on that and what might be happening over there if anything at all um and, and just more so uh glad you guys are here with us live here on a tuesday and uh before we get into the nitty-gritty of everything let's just get our word in from bet online the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling and college basketball is ready as well bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests nfl college football ufc nhl are all in full swing BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And normally, we start off with the box score. Uh, I don't think, we haven't had to do that for the past two weeks, so we're not doing that. But uh, before we move off of the Cowboys, uh, just kind of... <sighs> Give me your thoughts on what you guys saw um, on Sunday. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I'm starting to feel indifferent here. Like I, I realized that during the game, like I'm, I'm sitting there with my laptop, I'm doing something completely different, and I'm just, I look up, I see the, the Panthers win. I'm like, well, they ain't gonna score. I start doing whatever. I look up again. They got the ball. Well, they ain't gonna score. Same thing. Like it flipped the whole day. Like, even when we got it to 17-10 in the fourth. I was like, well, we can't score 20. So how are we supposed to win this football game? Like, that's the thoughts I'm having as I'm watching these games now. And they're, uh, let me, you guys go first, because I feel like they're going to get Bryce Young hurt. And we'll get back to him in just a second. But, Stu, uh, what were your thoughts? First of all, were you at the stadium? Were you at the stadium Sunday? No. I was at the house. Bless you. Bless your heart. All right. So, what uh, (laughs) what were your thoughts? um, My thoughts. My initial thoughts were, man, the defense is, you know, you know, playing strong, um, which gives you an opportunity to, you know, to be competitive in any NFL football game. Um, but then, you know, the the costly penalties, um, 
you know, it, you can't have those, um, especially when you're playing a good football team. And, you know, as a player, you know, when you find yourself making penalties or like, I mean, it's, it's just fundamentals, right? It's, it's, it, it makes me question, like, are, are these guys getting the coaching? Are they being reminded of certain things they're supposed to be doing? Are they being reminded of, hey, don't reach, don't grab, play with your feet? You know what I'm saying? So be where your feet are, literally. Um, if you're not there with your feet to make the play, you're out of you're out of position. Um, so I mean, so the penalties kind of threw me, obviously, you know, to the edge of my to the edge of my seat because it's like we're right there, we're, we're that close in so many instances, and against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and you can tell that these guys are out there playing hard, especially on defense, man. They're out there flying to the ball, trying to make plays. Um, I love how our safeties, um, you know, react to the ball. Um, and then you, you see the offense, right? We've, we've known for the whole season we've been, you know, battling protection. Um, oh. <laughs> and, and it's just like I cringe watching Bryce in, in the pocket because it's just not the best thing to look at. <laughs> um, you know, That's as a fan, scary. you want your number one pick to be safe. You want him to not get injured and you want him to excel. And it's hard watching him because he doesn't have um, the pieces there to help him excel the way he ought to. Right. And we've, that's a broken record. One of the things that I did see, though, was the running game. And I was really happy about the running game. Um, I thought that we got away from it a little too soon. Um, you know, if we would have stuck with it throughout the, you know, the second second half of the game, um, it could be a little bit of a different story. You know, time, mess, time, time of possession, um, you know, if you're struggling on offense and your defense is playing, you know, to the best of their ability, you keep that ball, <clears throat> their offense can't score. Um, and you're not relying so much on the passing game, especially if the running game is working. Uh, Miles Sanders, I loved how, how explosive he was. Um, it was good to see him You know, on one of the runs he had. Um, he got caught in the backfield, made one quick move, uh, jump cut to the right, and that was explosive. Those are the plays that, um, I would love to see more drawn up for him where he gets an opportunity to make guys miss, put him in space, make him miss. Now, obviously, that looked like an unblocked guy, <laughs> but Chuba <laughs> <laughs> Hubbard, um, I feel like has been the most consistent piece in my mind through this offense throughout the year. So, he, he you know, seeing him run the ball, running behind his pads, um, the typical Chuba. Um, but yeah, man, it's just the penalties. It's it's beating yourselves, right? It's like, how do we not beat ourselves? At the worst times, too. Like, you know, it's always it's like pivotal plays. Yeah, yeah, pivotal moments in the game where I feel like I don't I don't usually draw conclusions to the fact that, man, 
the the penalties like like I mean it handed them 10 points in the first half. Yeah, you can't really and and and, and not just 10 points, it's momentum, right? Yeah. yeah. Like so um I think we got to figure out a way to to really go into a game and have a clean game. Um it's it's, it's going back to fundamentals of football. Don't face, don't face don't face mask a guy and um don't blow up a guy. When you're not supposed yeah. to, don't face <laughs> all guy on the same play. Like I, I've never even seen that happen. He, he did. He wasn't letting him get in the end zone. Let's just say that. Yeah, That's I appreciate right. the effort. Yeah. I appreciate the effort all the way. But listen, buddy, in the world, yeah. where your feet are. I didn't clean, believe it at first. They said technique. it on the broadcast. I'm like, that's impossible. You can't horse collar and face mask a person at the same time. Like, what are you? How are you? How do you do? And then they showed it. I'm like, oh, he did. <laughs> oh, he really did. How do you, you know? And, and I and I want to say too on the on the the Sean Williams one. That's the one that you you can't absolutely have. You can maybe oh, live with the the face mask and the horse collar in the same play. Yeah, it's terrible football. But Deshaun Williams, man, like, what are you doing? It's third down. You had them stop. They're getting ready to kick a field goal, which is not a guaranteed anything. And then three plays later, they're in the end zone dancing. Like, come on, man! You're when you're a team that's one and eight or one and nine, the 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 margin for error is like this. You can't you can't overcome penalties like not taking the game seriously the first three quarters of the game. It felt like a very vanilla game plan for them, didn't it? Yeah, like they just were kind of like, all right, this, they almost treated it like a bye week. That's the way it felt <laughs> to me until until around the fourth quarter and they got some separation and then that pick yeah. six kind of just, you know, that pick six is what it is. I and, mm. then, Mar- and then Barno with the with the late hit, like it's just yeah, man. Like, you can't do these. You can't do this. Isn't that coaching? Now, I was I would I would tell you I would tell you this though. I'm gonna tell you this. Because Tom Brady actually spoke about this on some podcast. I heard this, yeah, yeah. Like, football, like, NFL's got to figure this out. Oh, Stephen A. Because, yes, yeah, because NFL does need to figure this out. I'm all for protecting players, but I played a position where we not protected at all. And you know what we have to learn to do? We have to learn how to protect ourselves. Yeah, I saw this. That's exactly, like, how football should be played and how it should be viewed and how it should be structured and, and, and roughing and protecting the players is, hey, teach these guys to protect themselves. You're not just going to be able to go across the middle willy-nilly and just catch every ball. When the ball's thrown, you're going to have to position yourself in the air to protect yourself. Right. Okay? So, like, there's just certain, like, as a quarterback, like, yeah, he's not protected. But, hey, if there's a guy in your face, that means you can't throw the ball. <laughs> like tuck it. It's a sack. Yeah. It's a sack. It's a sack. Or run away. Or curl up, protect your head, and live to fight another down. But yeah. but that's yeah. but those aren't the rules right now. So you gotta abide by the rules and you gotta know going into the game. Like I know when you see Dak Prescott back there about to, you know, deliver a cannon, and it's like, oh, I have a shot to hit the quarterback. You gotta have the the tameness, or if that's is that a word? Tameness. It is now. You gotta. Yeah. It is now. Yeah. You gotta be tame. You gotta tame yourself, brother. I mean, <laughs> like the physicality, the physicality and the violence of the game has been stripped away. Like we all know that. But the the, the one hit from Xavier Woods was it this week or the week before? I think it was this past week, right? Where he just made a clean shot on the guy. Yeah. Maybe it was two weeks ago. It was, last week. no, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, okay. they call it targeting. There's two weeks ago. Targeting, like, come on, man. That's a clean shot. But 
I agree. Like football right now, it's not a clean product. It's 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 a lot of bad football to be honest with you, and we're seeing it first and firsthand. You know, more than anybody. Let me. I'm gonna go through some of these comments, and I'm gonna get to uh, one of the things I got frustrated with. I made a mistake uh, of going and uh, kind of going at Panthers Twitter. I didn't mean to do it, but it kind of developed that way. Um, so, and Shame and it's something you, I've asked five separate people yesterday the same question. They all answered the exact same way. So I'm gonna we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, got a whole lot of people in the comments uh, today. Appreciate y'all uh, checking us out. Uh, Mark Burks. Uh, talking back and forth with Willie Smith. Willie still wants that separate call in for the fans. I don't know if I don't know how to like uh <laughs> I don't know how to chaperone that. Like there's no way for me to do it while we're live. I'll figure something out, Willie. Um maybe we can do it in Twitter play. spaces or something or something. Yeah, maybe like something live like after a game or something like that. Jeff Swan says, I'm such a diehard fan from the beginning, but this is the worst I have seen it. I'm a retired army vet and something has to change. This is getting very frustrating. Uh Willie, super fan, 10 games and nothing offensive wise has changed. Offensive minded head coach is BS. Um, Stu, you think you still fit some pads though? We could use an actual running back on this team. Uh, I tried to tell him it's just a bunch nah, of man. There's some there's some actual running backs on the team. Don't don't be throwing darts at the running backs. I don't have a problem with running backs. I have a problem with the scheme they're running for the running backs, but I don't have a problem with the running backs at all. I think yeah. they've been a bright spot, like you said, Stu. Uh, one yeah. of the things. Oh, the, okay. I'm just going ahead and set it off. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mess. I'm gonna tell you why we mess. Let's just start before the game even began. Why the hell are Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones on the field? And and Jimmy and Jerry Jones is announcing that he's putting Jimmy Johnson in the, hall, the ring of honor for the Cowboys at an away game in Carolina. Like, why is this? What does this happen? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that I, about? <laughs> I really want to know how that happened, like, or how it was allowed to be happened. Like, did David Tepper give him permission, or did he just money? do it? Or what is happened? this like a is this like a yeah, PR thing that they agreed it. to? Like, I, I mean, how does that happen? At the very beginning of the game, before the game started, like in the pregame or whatever, Jerry Jones is in the building, and they announced finally that they're going to put Jimmy Johnson in the Cowboys Ring of Honor, which is something that should have been done 25 years ago. But, you know, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson had the thing or whatever, and it just hadn't been done. For whatever reason this week, Jerry jo- Jerry Jones woke up and was like, you know what, I'm going to put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor. And they decided to announce it not at the next Dallas home game, but they went out on the field in Carolina and announced it there. And the cameras all picked it up, and they're out there, and they're holding hands and everything else. I'm just like, what does this have to do with us? <laughs> like, why is this why is this happening here? Like, it was weird for it to happen in an away game. It'd be like retiring a jersey, like huh. you know, like, like retiring a Carolina basketball jersey, or it'd be like you know, the NC dude, State game on the road could, or something. Like, what are you doing? Could you even imagine like the level of disrespect, not only to the Panthers, but almost kind of like for Jimmy Johnson too? Like, you're not even getting that honor at home. That'd yeah, be like if, if if what David Tepper if David Tepper called up Stu and said, "Hey, Stu, we're gonna put you in the Ring of Honor." Like that, that's cool. But if if he did it while you were in New Orleans, or the Buffalo. team was in New Orleans, like, Buffalo, do it. <laughs> or, or Greg Olson would be a perfect one because he's on the games, right? Yeah. If he's right. calling a Panthers uh, Saints game in New Orleans and they do this thing in New Orleans, like that's on the just, field, oh, on the man. field, they were on the field, like waving and like like it was a big deal. And the cameras are picking it up. They're like, oh, it's so great, Jimmy Johnson's going in. Yeah, that don't, like, don't make too much sense game. to me. No, so that was the beginning of the tomfoolery on Sunday, and then you get this game where it's like, I've been—I haven't said anything about it out loud. I've noticed it really since week one, and I thought, well, maybe it's just him learning the offense or whatever. And this past game, I was really like, okay, I got to say something about that. I haven't even said anything about it to either one of you, Bryce Young. I had a tweet Sunday during the game, and I'm going to pull it up here, uh, where basically I'm saying, uh, 
might need to make it a little bigger. So uh, it's in the middle. It's like three thirty-six in the afternoon, and uh, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, is it me or does Bryce Young literally never climb the pocket? He takes the shotgun snap and just stands on his toes. He doesn't drop deep. He doesn't climb the pocket into his throws. It's been nagging me for weeks, but I really see it today. Am I tripping? Panthers Twitter lost their mind. Like they literally came to me as if everyone was basically like, well, how's he supposed to step up, dumbass? There's somebody in front of him every time he's trying to do it. And I'm like, I'm I'm not talking about the times where there's pressure clearly in his way and there's three dudes. I'm talking about the times where it's like he does have a little bit of a pocket. He gets the snap and he just kind of, he does this kind of thing. It's a bad habit. Yeah, it's a bad habit. And nobody's correcting it. It's not his fault. It's not necessarily his fault. It's it's a fact. It's a it's a product of the pressure, right? Because when yeah. you're so used to it, you don't even think twice about the one. You just you're so used to having to flush out of the pocket. See, I thought that I thought maybe it was something he was doing in Alabama or something mm-hmm. like that. And the more people kept coming at me from Panthers Twitter, like, "Well, there's no place to go. It's like climbing a fallen tree and all this other stuff." I mean, I've got all kinds of people. As you can see, that tweet got viewed thirty five thousand times, like from Sunday to today. So people were really on this thing. And I'm so like, okay, Desmond, like, you dumb. Yeah, they're like, what are you doing? It's like they're like, it's like you don't even watch the games. I'm like, y'all, then look right below it. Y'all know damn well I'm forced to watch every damn second of these games to even yeah. do the Panthers weekly. Like, so I mean, I have to watch these games. It's not I like mean, I'm you gotta, not watching. You them. got a, you got a point. I mean, because I mean, you look at, I look at guys like Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson in the pocket does everything in the pocket that you would ask a guy that gets sacked like hey why didn't you just step to the right why don't you do why didn't you just see that guy coming out oh, the goodness. gate and just run away from him or yeah. like Lamar Jackson's po- pocket awareness is just elite cuz he's always looking down the field too mm-hmm. um and so that's an elite guy that that's something that maybe you know, if you're a coach and you're 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 Bryce Young, you, you add that to the tool tool shed. You know what I'm saying? Especially given that right now your offensive line is struggling. Like anticipate sometimes on certain looks that guys are going to be in your face, and you need to deliver time, deliver your own time almost. Yeah. Um, but I can't. But I but I also can't. So we can't sit up here and say that that's easy to do, right? Because these guys, you got six, five, three hundred, nine, two ninety guys in your face about to tear your head off. I'm pretty sure there's, a, there's thousands of things going on through his mind. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's hard to prioritize. You know what sta- what sticks and and what you you know choose to do in the, in those moments. And I'm not saying Bryce Young sucks or anything like that. In fact, we've been some of the biggest cheerleaders for Bryce Young since we we knew we were going after him. So I'm I'm not saying that in the tweet. What I'm what I'm basically saying is that it was it was a difference watching Dak Prescott take seven step drops and then climb the ladder in the pocket up and throw step into his throws. Bryce doesn't step into his throws. If he's climbing the pocket, someone is chasing him. Like literally, someone's behind him and he's having to move out and go. Think about any regular Bryce Young play. It's going to be some kind. It's going to be shotgun pistol formation 85 percent of the time. I was shocked he was under center on Sunday. That's something I don't know if we've really seen at all, uh, and something they need to do because if you can do that, you can run some play action, and you can't really run play action right from where he's at in that pocket. He gets the snap, and for those talking about him, well, you don't got no run, no room to climb the pocket up front. If the Panthers know that, 
And all of us know that too at home watching. I'm pretty sure Bryce knows that at this point. When he gets this shotgun snap, why isn't he taking a couple steps back? You know what I mean? Just like a simple two-step drop just to give yourself some more space because you know it's coming. He's not doing that. He takes it and he kind of stands on his toes. Like he gets it and he kind of, he takes it leisurely. I mean, it's that's the frustrating part for me. It's like this, there's no... There's no uh yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mess up. Urgency. I'm gonna tell you why we mess up. There's no urgency in what he does. And like some people treat it as oh, he's just Mr. Cool. Others look at it like he doesn't know what he's looking at. And I don't know which one it is, but like when he gets the snap, he leisurely takes a step back. You see him look around, I assume for Adam Thielen, and then he throws it to Adam Thielen. Like that's literally what I'm watching the past couple of weeks. Like when he tries another wide receiver, they drop it. So he he maybe he's falling out of like Mingo and Chark and some of these other guys that we thought were gonna be able to do some stuff, they can't hold on to the ball. Like, I understand why he's going to Adam Thielen 12, 14 times a game because he's catching the football. Yeah, he's getting open. I'm I'm gonna answer your question, Desmond. All right, it's based off of lack of trust. All the things you were just explaining, all the things you're upset about, lack of trust, it's a lack of trust in the offensive line, okay, and the people that he's throwing to, okay. But, <laughs> but I mean, we got nine <laughs> games to go, or eight games to go. Like, like, yeah, okay, so this maybe, brings me to because uh, I, I, I got why I'm mad. I got why I'm mad, by the way. Hit me, hit me, brother. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. So I'm gonna tell you oh, why we mad. By the way, I was gonna have a surprise. I was gonna clip you doing that from last week so we could have it as an extra one. I'm gonna have it next week. So <laughs> I just didn't have enough time this week to get to it. But, uh, like, it's, it's not as crisp, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, Jonathan Mango, man, what the hell are you doing? I mean, I feel like we're saying, what the hell are you doing to about half this team? But dude, like he like he he stopped running on his route on the pick six. Oh, like yeah. I don't know what he's doing. Like yeah. he, here's just my my take. I've never played receiver. And I mean, Stu's obviously had some effect in the passing game as a running back, but to me, what I was told from guys that played receiver is when you see somebody in your peripheral vision as a DB or a linebacker, and I know there's playing linebacker, some receivers, when they see that guy coming and it's an out route like that, you're going to condense that route and come down on it hard to take that angle away and come back to the football. He drifted yeah. off and just kept running the route. Yeah, you have you to understand. That, that was an unfriendly route. Is that a rookie? Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, you that, want to be you it, want to run friendly routes so that way it's an easier throw for the quarterback. You, you can cut that you thing jerk. off. You don't have to run the complete depth of it, or or run it as it's designed. If you can see this guy's cutting in front of you, he's going to undercut it. You've got to make it to where you're beating him to the spot and come mm-hmm. back to the yeah. ball. And then after the ball's picked off, he gives up on the play. Yeah, like, yeah he, dude, kept drifting, he kept drifting. He kept drifting away yeah. off the sideline. <laughs> he he could he could have drifted towards the guy and tapped him while he was on the ground. It's like, like, oh well, it's a, it's not. it's it's an effort thing, right? And it's an awareness thing. Like I remember when you know quarterbacks are going to throw picks, bro. I remember the first time uh, Cam threw or not Cam Jake Delone he threw a pick. Ooh, Maybe we were playing the Cardinals or something like that. I can't remember, but. I remember in that moment, I was like, oh, I can get a tackle right now. <laughs> so, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I can I can play defense now. Yeah, you like to hit. Yeah. So, that was- like, so I'm like, let, let, where'd, he, where'd he go? Like, let me go chase him down. Let me see if I can get the ball back. But, like, that's the mentality you got to have. Like, yeah, you play offense. You're a receiver, but you're playing football, man. You got to have that mentality that we out here playing football. So, whatever I got to do, I'm going to go do it. And and the thing is, when, when that happens, 
the play isn't over just because it's picked off, right? You yeah. can go and lay the wood on this kid, and maybe he he you see, loses the ball because he's not used. Last to night, did you guys see AJ Brown last night? Mm-mm. He no, ran a bad he ran a bad bad route, and I think it was because he beat the guy so bad off the off the off the snap. He put his hand up to Jalen, saying, "I'm going deep," but Jalen didn't see his hand up, and so he threw it short. Um. I think he was like like a little curl route or something like that, or in. And the DB came in and undercut the route and intercepted it. A.J. Brown went up on the DB and stripped the ball away from the DB. That's what I'm talking about. Now, A.J. Brown accidentally, like, touched him while he was on the ground, so he was down. But but you can tell that he wasn't trying to touch the DB after he – Caught the ball like, and accepted the ball because he was going. He's like, "Get up, so I can take the ball back." I was like, "Man, this is a great play." Like if that if if he didn't touch if he didn't touch the DB while he was down, that would have been a top play. How ironic season. is that? How ironic is that the AJ Brown is an Ole Miss guy and does does that? Two years ago, DK Metcalf, Ole Miss guy, runs the same down mentality. Runs down a guy. It's a mentality, and bro. Jonathan Mingo. As an Ole Miss guy, you would think, okay, and they kept comparing – not necessarily comparing them, but the same size, the same build yeah. kind of in a way as, you know, as those two guys, and that's what happens. I mean, come on. Man, play all, auto. You, you got to find the dog within yourself that wants the ball. See, yep. uh, Mark Burns says, Bryce footwork seems off too. He's off his back foot because he's flat-footed in the pocket. I appreciate the insight for how things really work on the field for us couch coaches. That's And that's another thing, too. He throws it off his back foot. And I think maybe some of us are used to that because Cam did that a lot too. The difference is Cam was like 6'6", 260 and could throw it 70 yards flat foot. Like there's a difference. Like Bryce doesn't have that kind of arm. Yeah. So when he throws it, there's there's not a lot of zip on those throws when he's – now granted, again, I'm not saying he's not being pressured. Like I'm not dumb. Like I see guys in his lap every third play. Like that's not what I'm talking about. That's a whole other issue is the offensive line. I'm talking about the few and far times in between when he does get two or three seconds and he gets the ball out clean – He's not climbing the pocket and putting his his you know his body weight into the throws, and it makes the throws float like they float kind of either behind they the receiver. Slaughter. They don't they don't sh- have that tight spiral. Yeah, they're short or they're, they're or most of these pick sixes that he's thrown. If you look back at them, they're behind the receiver. Like he's throwing behind the guy. Like and it's because of whatever was going on in the pocket. So this brings me to my first question of the day for both of you because we're at that point now where we can seriously talk about it. Should the Panthers bench Bryce Young and bring in Andy Dalton to save Bryce Young from this? Because this is only going to get worse as the season goes on, right? Like, I mean, what are we playing for at this point? He's your number one draft pick. You gave up so much stuff to get this kid in here. Do you leave him in there for nine more games and put and potentially have a Zach Wilson situation going on where he's so fractured? Uh, he ain't Zach. Nah, nah, listen to me. Don't you t- don't you put Bryce Young <laughs> and Zach Zach Wilson in the I'm same. Where they were drafted. I mean, nah, nah, it's a different situation in New York, and that's a whole. Just, you know, <laughs> listen, the Jets are actually way worse than the Panthers. So in what? In what? Look it up. <laughs> I think they. I think their points. They got. They gotta have. I think they are like, points what? wise. Yeah, I think they only score like seven. Wise, yeah, they can't score either. So, but, mm. but listen, Bryce Let's, Young and, and that boy over there ain't the same category. But should we bench him though, like, and save him from? We should. I think I think us. we should not bench him because I think there's still 
an opportunity for him to develop, right? So, like, you can use this, you know, we're going to Tennessee. It's an away game. They're th- they won three games. It's an opportunity for him to yep. establish some confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to just end this train of, like, you know, the, he's got – how many games they got left? Uh, eight. Six, eight. What are we, eight. Nine? Eight. eight. Yeah, eight. Eight, yeah. eight more. Eight. So eight. there's still eight games eight left, right? <laughs> Two you know, I, I, I was, I would say the next four games, after the next four games, let's have a meeting and let's talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but these next four games, like the holidays, you know, the extended, like it's his first season. You want him to feel exhausted. You want him to go through that rookie year of feeling how long an NFL season um is um and deal with the woes right now i mean this is a character building season for the guys that are going to be here next year and the years to come and these years are absolutely needed for a team to be successful you got to figure out what the nucleus is going to be like in years to come you look at the everybody talks about the teams that the panthers have been successful in those teams didn't come from oh like they've been good their whole entire career no it it came from a nucleus of the two and 14 season mm-hmm. you know the the super bowl run that you lost to the patriots and the you know the the year they drafted julius peppers like there's yeah. been like an establishment of you know teams that have created an identity for what the panthers once were and so right now they have to go through that same Panther fans hold buckle up and get in that 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 car that has no suspension on the dirt on a dirt road where a there's a bunch of potholes in it. Geo track and and just deal with it. You go, it's a bumpy ride right now. You know why you don't bench Bryce? Because you've got to get repeti- repetitions out of him. And if we go all the way back to that season opener in Atlanta, right? Jesse Bates picks him off twice. And you know why? Because Bryce is not expecting a safety to make him, no pun intended, bait him into that type of a throw a second time. He learned from that. You don't get those when you're sitting. Yes, you can see it, but until you're actually on the field and going through it and you see these things that the defense is presenting you, you don't really know how to answer it. It might – this is what you call growing pains, right? Yeah. You're, this is the time where if you want to go through growing pains, you might as well do it when you're one and nine and and not where you're you're fighting for the playoffs. So I think you got to keep him out there. And like Stu said, if you get to the last three, two, three, four games of the season and you still have one win and Bryce is just taking a beating and you can see it's starting to wear on him, absolutely. At that point, make the switch, throw Andy out there for the last couple of games. And, and you go from there. But right now, I think there's too much out there for Bryce to either improve on or correct or just gain that experience. So that way, when he's there next year, because he's your starting quarterback of the future, he's going to be there next year starting week one. He's got to understand what things are going to be thrown at him, and he's got to see these things up close and in person right now. So my my the two issues with what both of you guys just said, not I don't necessarily disagree with it at all. It's just a question that I felt we needed to ask at the halfway point of the season. Um, I'm 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 worried because on one hand we all kind of think that I don't know if any of us think Frank Wright's going to be here next year at this point. Like even if they wait to the end of the season, 
and then let them go and whatever happens with the staff at that point. So you're going to have a brand, you're going to have a brand new voice or voices in Bryce Young's head next year. So whatever he's learning this year, he's going to have to unlearn next year and do this all over again for the most in part. some, in some points. But I think too, you got to think if Reich is truly on the hot seat, he can't start Andy Dalton. David Tepper is not going to let him do that. <laughs> I wouldn't think, right? I mean, if he's if he's sitting here saying like, you, you you're you're, I don't know what those meetings are like. I don't know if he brings up the job security to Frank or not, but I, I'm pretty sure Frank knows how to read a room. Have you seen Frank Wright? Right. I'm pretty sure he's told him a couple yeah. of times at this point. Like each week, it's probably a little here, louder. <laughs> and here's and here's but what hey, I'm getting at. Hey, with that. Hey, you hey, drafted Frank, this kid hey. number one. <laughs> you drafted this kid number one. He wants to see him work with that kid that they drafted number one and see progress. He doesn't care what Andy Dalton looks like in this offense with Frank Reich. He wants to see what Bryce Young looks like and whether there's progression or not. That's the only way David Tepper can make a call on Frank Reich. He can't make it based off what Andy Dalton does. And to be honest, honest, you're not going to really figure out who Bryce Young is this year. Not no, just not even till maybe not even till twenty twenty five. Yeah, because this offense so like, ain't it. <laughs> this is not so it. Like, let's just get that out the window right now. We're just talking about Bryce Young getting these reps. Yeah, what is getting like? Hey, look, we need you to go out there and fight for your life and learn how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, good luck, come fella. Get on out there. Um, Mark says no, leave him in. Let him utilize RPO more. Which he ran at Alabama. Like, I don't understand why they're not doing this. They ran RPO. They did a lot of bubble screens and things like that. We don't do any of that stuff, really. Um, he can develop a lot of D reading experience that way and get him out of a dangerous pocket. I keep seeing this image of Michael Parsons, like, on his backside, like, coming. At, like, you can see it on the TV, like, him coming. And you're, I'm screaming at the TV. No, Bryce, get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. Like, I have enough time to say it three times before he it's actually like, gets there. Y'all, y'all, remember, y'all remember seeing the Jurassic Park, the first one? Yeah. Remember when that raptor was in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> when that That's raptor was in the kitchen, you just, you just you, in there watching it like, oh, don't make a sound. No, don't make yeah, a sound. Don't, right there. Bryce, don't go around the corner. Why you do that? It's like, because I feel like Bryce should know, especially in that Dallas game, after the the first Michael Parsons sack because he ended up getting seven overall. Michael Parsons had two and a half of those. After the first one, I'm looking for Michael Parsons every play. Like I shouldn't even took the first snap. I'm looking for Micah pregame. Like I want to know where he's at when he's getting water. Does like, where makes this worse? <laughs> you know what makes this worse? I don't know if you remember back. I think this is when I first started on here with you. That that was that year's draft where Mike, Micah Parsons. And I had yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, twenty six. Yeah, this is before like he kind of got into this elite player that he is. But and there were some questions about him coming out of college for some reason. But I was like, this is the guy that you want if you're Carolina, whatever they were, number seven or number eight, because you compare him with with Shaq Thompson. 21, 21. 21. Okay. So you compare him with Shaq Thompson, and he could be kind of like that that replacement for Luke Keekley. Could you imagine Mike Micah Parsons on this defense, man? With Brian Burns and Derek Brown. And then, we get closer to the draft, and there's all this chatter about that they're probably looking at a cornerback. And we're me and you are both thinking it's Patrick Sertain, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then they and then they take JC Horn, and they don't even get what I mean. And there's the jury's still out on JC, but 
I, I don't think it's 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 a uh, far-fetched thing to say that Patrick Sertan is definitely the number one corner from that class. Like he is played he's, way, he's way, field. way. Yeah, he plays. He's on the field playing at a high level. <laughs> so they had two guys there that – I mean, I'm not saying that we're always right. We've said a lot of things wrong. But Jason, or Patrick Sertan and uh, Micah Parsons, we were pretty much pounding the table for. I don't know. But Panthers weren't the only one to pass up on Micah. That brings up actually a question I wrote down I thought would be pretty cool for today because David Tepper's on this team six – this is the sixth season owning this team, and it's going to be a sixth losing season as owner of the team. He took over in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Um, think of all the choices that David Tepper has made over the past six years with this franchise, with the roster, with coaches, with general managers and everything else. If you could do a Tepper do-over and redo one thing – that he do, he's done since he's been the owner of the franchise, what would you do? And I probably should have prepped y'all. <laughs> I would say. You got to kind of think about it now because whatever you pick is going to have ripple effect across everything after. So you can go, it's almost like a Marvel movie. Like you can go back all the way to the, <laughs> the beginning of the timeline, I, change something. It's going to affect everything else. You know what? I, I would say probably just give Ron one more year. Yeah. Just give Ron one more year, and if it doesn't work, then you can make the change. But I think it was too much of he wanted to get his own guy, and I understand that. Owners want to do that. GMs want to do that. But I think he ripped the Band-Aid off just a little too soon. But I don't know that that changes anything. I mean, they still have issues at quarterback. So I mean, he got the year he got fired, Rivera went through like four quarterbacks that year, you know, like because – Cam got yeah, Will, Kyle, Kyle Allen, yeah, Heineke. Like, <laughs> it, it was rough. And like that, that was on my list because I felt like Ron deserved that. He deserved the the opportunity to rebuild the roster. And he never got a chance to do that. Um, because yeah. he used to live off I the think, remnants of you know, you guys. Yeah, I think that I think the the Ron Rivera uh fire could be one of the things, right? And obviously we would never know. Um, and to Skyler's point. You need a quarterback. What happened? Cam got hurt, and it was never the same. Yeah, nothing was never the same, and that is what um, really kind of started the ripple effect, in my opinion. And then you know you get leaders like you know like Keekley retiring, and then you get um, Greg Olson getting you know them letting Greg Olson leave. Thomas Davis, the Seattle Seahawks. Thomas Davis goes to what the Commanders, I think it was. Uh, yeah. the first time. Yeah. Or no, he went to the Char- or he was it the, Char- the Chargers? No, it was the Chargers, Chargers first, and then he, he went to the Chargers State. first, and then went to Commander. So I mean, you get you talk about that nucleus, right? I was talking about earlier where you know you part of that nucleus, something happens that's tragic that causes this ripple effect of like okay, a, a new era, and. Do you just rip the Band-Aid off or do you utilize what's in the room? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like sometimes, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, always black and white. Um, you know, gray exists for a reason. So, yeah. and, and I think, too, with um, with when you go back to like all the decisions that were made, like, I don't, I don't know that there's really one thing in particular that would really change anything because again, it comes down to quarterbacks and Carolina wasn't, that was unexpected with Cam, 
right? Like you can't prepare for that that type of injury to happen. When you lose a star quarterback like that, it's typically going to send you into a, a tailspin. Indianapolis, like they kind of got lucky throughout the years. They were, they had Peyton Manning for years. They he got hurt, and they kind of knew all along. Look, we're going to take a quarterback number one. They got Andrew Luck, but they still had a decision on whether they could keep Peyton Manning or not. So they they found a great situation. Green Bay, they had Brett Favre for years, had Aaron Rodgers sitting behind him. Like he was ready to take the torch. It's like twenty five years. Yeah, what's, what's Will, Will Greer. Will Greer. As much as I, I love the guy, and I know his family and great people and and covered him and you know he wasn't gonna be that guy even though they drafted him to be he wasn't going to be that guy behind Kane and and right. you could say the same about Kyle Allen or you know whoever else but they didn't have that guy waiting in the wings I, I think mine and I, I've floated around the past couple of weeks the the whole Matt rule there all that stuff fine your new owner you want your guy in there I get all that I keep coming back to the McCaffrey trade that's the one thing because that if you ripple from that point on, I think I, I got to a point where it's like you don't trade top 10 picks like you don't trade those like the dudes that you drafted in the top 10 overall of the draft and they've proven their worth. You don't trade them in their prime. And that's what we did. We traded Christian McCaffrey. Well, in his prime. You know, like I think I, th- I don't I don't have a problem with the trade because when we kind of talked about like if you're going to trade him, now's the time to do it because he was actually healthy for the first time in forever. But we shouldn't have traded but, him. That's my but, whole thing. What you got in return is the issue. You didn't get much in return. Nothing. If you get a first round pick or something essentially equates to a first round pick, I don't know about all that, but I, I think you needed to get more out of that trade. I don't mind the oh, trade you, personally. But. And that, and see, and that, that, you know, what reminded me of uh, last night. Uh, they were talking about, or no, I saw it last night. I think it was on Twitter. I came across like a reel or something where somebody was talking about the Deshaun Watson trade to Cleveland. People are sitting there talking about how Houston's so much better than Carolina right now. I think all of them have forgotten the loot they got back from Cleveland for trading Deshaun Watson up there. They got three first round picks and a bunch of others too. They still have a first and like a fourth out that trade from Cleveland. They still have this year. And Cleveland's paying three hundred some million for Deshaun to on the sideline. Well, guaranteed, and he can't even play the rest yeah. of the year. And they got Tank Dell out of one of those drafts, uh, draft picks. They got uh, a couple of others that they got from those picks, and that's how they kind of rebuilt pretty quick. We didn't have anything like that. We could have with McCaffrey, but the way the trade went down, I just look at it like, okay, say they didn't trade McCaffrey, because think of when it happened too. It was the week after Rule got fired. Steve Wilkes had become the interim head coach. Why are you trading away your best player then? Like, why Why now? Like, when he's finally on the field and you're trying to figure out what you want to do, you know you're going to run the ball. So why are you trading away a top three running back in the league that you just extended? We just talked about this with DJ Moore. If you still have McCaffrey, maybe you don't want to put all your stuff in one barrel and trade up to number one to get Bryce Young. Or even if you do, you got more stuff to play with to do it. You're still going to have McCaffrey here. I would imagine McCaffrey being here with Bryce Young would be easier on Bryce Young. He'd have that check down that he didn't seem to have a check down when he's drifting back like we got so used to yeah. seeing McCaffrey as the check down for all these other quarterbacks who's the check down for Bryce Young it seems like he didn't even have one drawn in to, or he's not, or he's not, yeah he's not looking at whoever the check down supposed to be but if you still have McCaffrey in this what if situation then you probably don't trade DJ Moore because you're not moving up you still mm-hmm. sign somebody like an Andy Dalton like you had in the past three or four years, like a Teddy Bridgewater or Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton out of all those would have more experience and could just come in and go. 
And he's coming in with an offense with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and a pretty decent offensive line. Moore. And a defense has played well the past three or four years. Like, doesn't that seem like something that would interest you more? Or, <laughs> or you take a gap a gap year and let PJ start a whole year. Yeah, or just or resign Sam for a year. Yeah, We're PJ, PJ, PJ Walker beat the 49ers. Yeah. All these dudes that left here are doing Baker Mayfield's playing well <laughs> in Tampa. Uh, Sam ain't but a jelly, man. I tried to tell y'all last year, peanut butter jelly, man. <laughs> Sam ain't playing, but he's probably he in the best position as a backup to Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Yeah. So uh, we could have signed Sam for another year. And, and I got a question. Go for it. And you can record this and post it on Instagram because I want everybody on social media to answer this question. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> what is one thing? Because right now the fans, like, this is a shout out to the fans. Like, we see you, we hurt with you, and this just <laughs> flat out sucks. <laughs> but no sugar. The no. question here is just what one thing would make everything better? What's the one thing that would make everything better right now? I'm not talking about going back into the past. And I'm not even necessarily talking about going, you know, into the future. Right now, what is the one thing that would make your experience? And we know winning will cure all. But what thing would you do? That turkey on Thursday. That's a good answer. I'd let Frank Reich. How, like, how are you dealing with this? I want to know what y'all doing. <laughs> What's gonna make this feel better? I would because the reality is, is that we in it. We are yeah. in it. Two feet in the mud. I'm more worried about losing our coordinators at this point. Uh, not necessarily Thomas Brown. You get, Evero, you get that comp pick though. You get a comp pick. Well, if lose one. Uh, well, minority. Minority. Yeah, it probably. Now I want to keep. Uh, Jero, I want to keep him. I actually, I want him to be the interim head coach. Like the past couple of weeks, especially, I've been listening to his press conferences. He sounds like what I want a head coach to sound like. It's the damn it, it's the same thing that happened with Steve Wilkes last year because Wilkes sounded like a head coach, right? Like we we Wilkes bought in, seat, huh? yeah. I was like, I want to go play for this dude, and Evero's kind of the same way. Now, Thomas Brown, he, he has a mean press conference too. Like, I feel him when he's up there. He he feels like he's got his stuff together. Frank Wright feels like he's kind of he's not in that word salad place that Matt Rule was at. He's, he's, like, he's very calculated with what he says, but sometimes he says too much. And it's like he's trying to explain everything. And we don't need to know everything, Frank. Like, <laughs> like we don't need to know how the sauce is made. Just bring us some sauce that's good. Don't bring us this sauce that's whatever. This I appreciate, is. I appreciate his, his transparency. I do. I do appreciate his transparency because he could be like Matt Rule, where he's kind of Throwing players under the bus and not really explaining that I need to look at the tape. At the end of the day, yada, yada, yada. he could be all that, but he's been pretty whatever questions because uh, Vash I hurt and Sheena Quick and uh, some of these others in there. They Joe Person, they've been giving him some like tough like questions like to ask like right after a game. Like so, uh, Coach, uh, do you think you're going to be fired on Tuesday? Like, how are you supposed to answer that? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. Hey. <laughs> Willie Smith said a competitive football team is what he would like to see, and that would make that would save the fan base. Half the team. So the the question earlier was, "What will save the fan base?" How about that? I'll put it this way: What will, what save, will save the fan? What will save the fan base um, right now? 
There's I still a, don't a think, competitive football team. I still right, don't exactly. think that. What uh, is a competitive? What is a competitive football team? Couple wins here. Listen, right? I'm just saying the, the <laughs> turkey, the turkey thing could be a real thing. You could eat so much turkey that you're tired and you sleep through the game on Sunday. You don't even know. <laughs> Three days later. Or you have some leftovers, huh? It's just some Hawaiian rolls, some Hawaiian rolls, uh-huh. some cheese. Mark Burns, one thing Tepper isn't allowed in the building. I one thing I will say, because I keep seeing people uh mention that Tepper should sell the team like it's a public decision or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Look, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. David Tepper bought this team for what two point five billion dollars or something five years ago. Yeah. They're now worth close oh, to five. Yeah. He ain't selling this yeah. team. Like, why would he? Yeah. Why would he sell this team? Value. Yeah, like he, he's in, he's doubled the value of the team in six years without a winning season. Like, mm-hmm. he has no reason to sell the team. So please get off that. He ain't gonna sell the team because some kid in Concord feels like he should sell the team because <laughs> he's ruining the franchise. Like, I keep seeing this sentiment. He should sell the team. Like, like Tepper cares. He don't care that we're mad about this stuff. Like he, well, he yeah, does. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. But son. not enough to to miss out on another four billion dollars if he just holds the team for another four years. Like, I mean, the the no, you want to go get on this? You want to get on this Frank Reich stuff? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm right, let's so, go. <laughs> so, here's what I was telling the guys before the show. And obviously by now you probably understand that nothing's happening this week, but the reason why, well, I wouldn't say the reason, but I would assume one of the reasons why nothing's happening this week is because yesterday you had the the Bradley Bozeman Turkey thing at top golf tonight. You have the Christmas lighting um, of the tree and you also have Thanksgiving. The practice schedule is altered this week. So they're not practicing Thursday. They're not practicing today. If you make a coaching change this week, you're changing everything. That means responsibilities are shifted. You're going to have to bring guys in on Thanksgiving to make it work in time. It's There's just no way logistically that that would make any sense to make that move this week. That makes sense. I, I also exactly. think <laughs> you kind of you kind of know like, – or you kind of knew like last year. We talked about that deja vu feeling, right, with the Niners and the Cowboys thing. But you kind of already knew at that point Rule was not the guy. And I'm not saying that Frank could end up being the right guy. But when you hire a guy and he's only in his first season, if you're David Tepper, you want to make damn sure that that he isn't the guy, right? Because, I mean, you just hired this guy. You don't want to fire him and be paying three head coaches. Oh. You got, you're oh. still paying Rule. Yep. You're paying oh. Frank. And oh, you're really? paying the new coach. I thought well, did, wait, either either way, either way, he got yeah. his money, right? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to have to pay two buyouts and then pay a new coaching staff all over again. So that's mm-hmm. – I, I don't think – we may see this go all the way to the end of the season. I wouldn't see, be surprised. And that goes back to what I was saying before. I'm afraid coordinators are going to leave like because they just saw what happened to Thomas Brown, right? We talked about this last week. He got three games to prove that he could do something, and then Frank had to snatch it back, granted to – Frank is basically trying to land an airplane with no uh, landing gear <laughs> at this point. Like he took the he took the stick back. It's like if we're gonna land this thing, it's gonna be me. And everyone behind There's him only like, like this much runway left. Yeah, everyone behind's like, no, Frank, the landing gear don't work. And Frank's like, I don't care. I've already been told I got to land this plane, so I'm landing this plane. So he's he's gonna land this plane now. I don't know what's gonna look like when he lands it, but <laughs> I feel like uh, Thomas Brown is not gonna be here next year. Uh, he did an excellent job in that press conference last week, basically having to answer questions as to what happened and he sounded like he didn't really know quite himself what happened but he he answered it in an adult manner like where it's not going to i don't think it's going to i hope it doesn't affect him professionally going forward with getting jobs or whatever 
but yeah. I can't imagine him staying here. Like, why would he stay here if it could just be yanked from you on a whim? And it seems like a lot of the choices being made are being made from Panthers Twitter. I swear, I think David Tepper sits in the basement of his million dollar house and just goes through Panther Twitter and makes his decisions off of this. Cause every time they make a big decision, a firing, a trade, uh, yeah, that, that man ain't on Twitter. I don't know. It's so eerie. Like it always that happens. Man, that right man out there skin. giving financial advice to the world. He got he, more. He got. That's one Nicole. of the things too. got to realize. Like, yeah, he owns a football team, but this man is a billionaire for a reason. He's got all types of things that he's got to deal with. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he ain't busy. He got other stuff he You're needs right. to tend to. <laughs> you know what it does feel like though is like I'm not I'm not suggesting that this is happening, but. It kind of makes it. It kind of makes some bit of sense. Like, you start out zero and six. Maybe there is frustration from ownership and the front office, and maybe that pressure from those two groups coming down on Reich made that switch to Thomas happen. And then you see the Thomas thing not pan out, and yes. then there's that pressure again. Where okay, maybe let's go back and, and try and refix that. Yes, I, I could see that. I don't know if that was a hundred percent a Frank Wright call to hand over the play calls when it did. I don't know. We may never know. I'm just saying it makes sense that that could have been a pressured decision, and then the pressured decision to take it back. The 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 idea to switch the defense to a three four. Like I've heard that people go, that was a David Tepper thing. He wanted to run a three four. Why? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers have run a three four for the past sixty years or whatever, and that's where he came from, and that's what he wanted to model the franchise by him. Even though technically at the time and really still today, the roster didn't fit a three four. Like they kind of had to shoehorn in some players in some spots, and still there's still you know glaring. Well, that's that's the big problem is even if you make a coaching change it's not going to change the results because it's still largely the same coaching staff and it's still the same (laughs) players that don't fit in the scheme that you're running offensively or defensively. We talked about this week after week, you're running a zone scheme running for an offensive line that is downhill place power and trap. This is not a, a a team that likes to, to get it outside. I forgot. I completely Completely forgot about that, and I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we messed I'm going to tell you why we messed Frank did it again at the press conference uh, on Monday. <laughs> he did it again. Uh, somebody asked him a question about the run game, and he he was talking about how, yeah, they had Bryce under center a couple times, that long 17 play drive that they had, and they scored the touchdown on it. Uh, even that, they made that look hard, you know, like just yep. getting down the field. And he said something again about the line and knowing. I think it was Vashti that asked the question. The, they, uh, they're not a, a physical team that wants to. Or, or was it him talking was, about them running the ball well? Yeah, something about that. Yeah. It, it was the same vein of what he said the week before that they're not a smash mouth team. But he basically admitted in the comment that he understands that the offensive line strength. That's that's what it was. She was asking him about uh, last year and when he came in, why they kept the offensive line together. And what were they playing? What was the plan? Did you know they weren't a good pass blocking team, uh, line or whatever? And he kind of was like, well, no, we kept them because we you know, that was the strength of the team last year. They, they were a power running team. And we felt like we, we could benefit from that. And I'm listening to the thing with my arms crossed like, Frank, man, Frank, <laughs> like you just why would you why would you come in and change what the, the, they do? Well, you're running like a spread offense with like a power run line. And then you're not even trying really to run power. And when you do try to do it on Sunday, it actually worked. <laughs> and you scored a touchdown. And now you're in the press conference like, yeah, but that's not what we want to do. We don't want to do that. 
well, what do you want to do, Frank? Like, what do you want to do? Because we don't, there's no identity with the offense. I cannot figure out what they're trying to do. And we're in week 12 <laughs> of the season. And, and what's, what what's the reason why the tight ends are not involved in a passing game? No, hey, look everywhere Frank Reich has yeah, been. Bro. The tight ends are <laughs> vital. I mean, they, they are heavily targeted in Frank Reich's system. I don't Dude. understand why hey, like I, watched the I watched the Chicago Bears last week when they played us. Was it last week? Uh, Technically, yeah. Almost two Thursdays ago. Yeah, it was two yeah. Thursdays. Yeah. But, like, they're all bleeping us. How do you say they're, they're commit? Is that how you say oh, it? Yeah, commit. Tight end? Oh, no, tight end. Man, listen. That boy, like to me, that was a difference maker in that game. Like yeah, he right. was picking yep. up pivotal, like third downs, second downs. You have a tight end in a running game, it takes a lot off of the quarterback. It takes a lot off of those receivers, and it takes a lot off the offensive line if you utilize them. And yes, I I'm I'm questioning like like you know what Trimble scored the touchdown, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, let let's 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 take that moment and create momentum. Like, let's feed this guy, right? Let's get him some some reps where some meaningful reps where he's actually being, you know, the choice on on, on plays you're calling. Because I'm I'm like when we when Greg was Cam's guy, that's when we were at our best. Yes. Yeah. When every you look at every tight like last night, the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't name many of their receivers right now, but I know who I know who makes that offense go. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. That is okay. Right. And and without Travis Kelsey, <laughs> you know, Patrick Mahomes is just my homeboy, you know, yeah. and, and and that's and, and I'm not I'm not that's not saying anything bad about his ability. He's one of the best quarterbacks to probably play this game. But Travis Kelsey has elevated his experience at the quarterback position. There's there's times where Kelsey's running and there's like no one around him. I'm like, how's this dude wide open? You know who he is. Like, why is he's no not running? Because right? he, he's not running routes, bro. He just he just running. Yeah, they're like, playing backyard I'm, football. Like, <laughs> this is the guys. area you, you want me over here in this area, right? Go okay, to the Cadillac. Go to the <laughs> but like, I mean, you, know. you that that makes too much sense. That why would yeah. they have not invested in a tight end? Well, I guess they did. They brought in Hayden Hurst, but they're not really using him. Tommy Trimble's yeah, kind of yeah. become that number one tight end, I guess. But that reminded me of something else too. That when I was making that tweet about Bryce not climbing the pocket, and people were talking about all the pressure, we see all this pressure from these teams now, where they're not even like really blitzing. They're just getting there with their front four uh, a lot of times, and they're everyone's like, well, things off. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. they're doing stunts and stuff and just kind of confusing our offensive line. And people are like, well, most of it's coming up the middle. And I saw a lot of people hating on Brad Bozeman on Twitter the past couple of days uh, to the point where his wife had to take a tweet down. Y'all need to calm down on some of that stuff. Like yeah, these guys are out here trying to play like they're this is they're not out here for, for for giggles. Like they're trying to do what they're being told to do. But my question with Bryce is, why don't they run more bootlegs like like they would do with camp? Like they run them out to the left, run them out to the right. Joe Burrow does this where he's clearly better on the move. Yeah, and he's on on the move and no huddle. And they started doing a little bit of that more Sunday, too, where if you give him a lot of time, like we got to huddle and you got to think and look at everything. If he has all his time to process, it's almost like he's processing too much and like he can't make a quick decision because there's a lot of times where he's dropped back to pass. I'm like, that ball should already been out, Bryce. That ball should already been out. And he's just kind of 
whole, it's like a coverage I'll sack. Tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, yeah, I'll about as you took the words out of my mouth. Coverage. <laughs> yeah. Meaning, right, watching it. All the receivers and all the targets are covered. Yep. So and he's just watching. He holding on to the ball is basically because ain't nobody open. Throw it out. Throw it out of bounds or something. Because Michael Parsons, remember, like twenty minutes ago, Michael Parsons is behind <laughs> you, <laughs> like coming like this, and we can see it on TV. Like we know the sack is about. That's the worst feeling in the world when you know a sack's about to happen and you're at home watching it. And Raptors in the kitchen. You're just like, uh, and you see him get hit, and like you're like, all right, Bryce, just just get up, just get up, right? And he gets well, they up. Had the, they had the three consecutive sacks at the end of the game. That was rough, but I mean. Again, I I don't, I really don't think this is an indictment on those guys on the offensive line. I actually, and this is maybe a hot take, I don't know, but I actually think those guys on the offensive line, some of them, like a Taylor Moten, Austin Corbett, Bozeman, and even Ike Aquanu, I think those guys are good players. They're just not being put in a system that caters to what they do well. If they're playing in a system like they did last year or they go somewhere else in free agency or they get traded or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me to see them play well. Yeah. They're just yeah, not being asked they, to do what they're. They don't. They, they don't look able. comfortable. They just don't. That's, look what comfortable. They, that's what Panther players do. They're they're here, you know, and then when they leave, they blow up and and are great. And the Panther fan base is like, why and the do we problem trade is because y'all wanted to. And the problem is right. <laughs> if this staff stays in place, or even if it doesn't, we're probably going to see some changes on that offensive line. Well, guess what? Bozeman's under contract. He just signed a three year deal. Yeah. Corbett is on a multi year deal. I think he'd be entering his last year. Yep. Moten is still under contract. Yeah, extended. But he's on a rookie deal. Yeah. So regardless, if you're making a change at the starting five, you're going to have some dead money somewhere. Who's it going to be? Who are you getting rid of? Why don't we just play to their their strengths? Man, that like, left, they just need to get. They just need to get sense. that left. That left guard position just needs a little help. That's all. Maybe does, does Brady? Does Brady Christensen? How much does that? Mm. Because I think he's the forgotten thing in all of this because he hasn't really been a part of the struggles. Yeah. He was out in the first game. So I noticed, we don't really have an answer on Brady. Is Corbett calling the, the line plays? I noticed that when I was watching uh, Sunday, too. It looks like Corbett's the one he's, that's calling the stuff out he's for the just, line. Not he's just giving uh, Bose to go ahead to snap. Oh, okay. Because you can see him standing up. He's looking at, at Bryce or whatever. And then, he, you know, he sits down and points or whatever, does the thing. I don't know. Is, is he calling out the line now or is it Bozeman or? I don't know. It just seems like night and day, especially with Bozeman, because Bozeman, we were raving about Bozeman last year and how the again line he's a flipped. he's a downhill guy. Downhill he's guy. not he's not this this uh, zone scheme. Like I don't even know how to, to to really dumb it down because it's just it's it's literally this. It's as simple as this: square peg, round hole. And how many times? How many weeks are you going to keep trying to put it in there? Because it clearly is not working. We can't score. Uh, if a team, we said this last week, if a team gets up by like double digits on us, it's it's almost like it's done right at that point because we're not we're not built to come back like the way this no. offense is. I feel really bad for the defense because the defense is playing pretty well. I thought I saw going into that game they were like seventh overall in yards allowed, uh, which was shocking to me. I was like, how is that possible? And I started thinking, well, short fields and you know that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess I could kind of see it, but they haven't really had their defense out there all year. The starters have been hurt. Uh, we haven't really had a, a full secondary healthy since the first quarter of week one. And for them to be playing this well is a telltale sign that uh, Evero probably will be a head coach. He's probably going to get interviews for head coach this year when it's over, even though the pants are going to be like two and whatever, uh, just because of the strength of the defense and how they played. Now, 
what do you do going forward? That was the question we had uh, earlier in the show. I don't know if you can do anything going forward other than just continue to keep pounding. I don't want to continue to do the same thing because Tennessee is coming up here next. And they got a similar situation oh, where their coach is like kind of on a hot seat now, too. They um, not similar, baby. I'm gonna tell you why they're not similar. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is this? Oh, do we see Will Levis this week? Is he, is he boy, starting? you got yeah. that they got that boy called Derrick Henry. How's, the, how's Derrick Henry doing this year? Because I thought he's on the train walk. He ain't, doing, he, ain't, he ain't doing what he usually do, but I can tell you, I can tell you he's looking at us like, huh? All right. Barbecue chicken, <laughs> barbecue chicken on Sunday for especially Derek after Henry. Dallas kind of Dallas kind of ran on us a little bit. I think we exposed Dallas's defense a little bit with us running on them. Like I think the Eagles and the 49ers are looking at it like okay, when we see y'all in January. Yeah, all right, told you right, about Cowboys. Is. Cowboys pretty good team, but they ain't all that. I'm with I'm riding with Detroit. They, uh, Detroit eight they, two. The optics again. Yeah. Losing to, to the Dallas Cowboys is not like I think everyone, even David Tepper, probably knew that this was going to happen, right? The okay. optics, though, this is this is where it really gets dicey for Frank and company because if you lose, yeah, you can't lose to Tennessee. Tennessee. Will Levis led Tennessee. Oh. You lose to Will Levis. You lose to Tyson Bajant. Now the optics are starting to look really bad, and it looks like that Houston game was just an anomaly. Yeah, <laughs> looking back on, I'm like, how in the world did we beat Houston? Like, it was the defense. Our defense basically yeah. played lights out that day, and despite the offense not really being able to score, and Julius Peppers was on the field for halftime. That's why. That's right. And yeah. Muhammad, they were they was showing out for them. So you had to win that game. Like you had to win that game. I forgot. Uh, shout out to Derek Brown. Derek Brown had that one play where like he literally hit the dude as he was getting the handle. Oh, he got he shot like through the he like grabbed him like, hey, punk. What are you doing? That's my lunch. That's my lunch. Get out the on the ground and just walked off. Ragdoll. That was the one time in that game where I was like, ooh, like I was excited about it. And I was like, that's my boy Derek Brown. You gotta, you gotta keep these dudes. Like I was saying earlier in the show, you can't trade your top 10 picks. You can't. You can't keep the cycle of trading them off. You traded off DJ Moore, you traded McCaffrey away. Don't trade Derek Brown. Don't trade Brian Burns. Don't trade these dudes that are supposed to be the 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 studs you're going to build whatever's next with, all these dudes are in their prime. Like, why are you trading them away? And if you are, you're not getting back what you're losing from them. So keep does, these dudes and build with them. Does I hate to say this. I oh, really no. do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've experienced hey. losing as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan for nearly my entire life. And it's starting to feel like oh. this team is becoming the Pittsburgh Pirates of the NFL. Oh because my. as soon as the Pirates get a good player, right, they don't pay them or they just trade them. They live in purgatory forever. And I'm not saying that there's not a light at the end of this tunnel. But, man, that thing is very dead. And it's yeah. starting to feel like they may be just the Pirates of the NFL. Or – the new Cleveland Browns, and that's even. Uh, no, 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 we don't want to be there. We don't want to be there. <laughs> no, no, we want to be the Cleveland Browns of what they're doing right now. It, it start. You, you know the speaking of the Browns. Remember how they had the the guy had the jersey that just duct tape of all the quarterback names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's starting to become that with all the the coaches potentially if Frank gets fired. I need to go find that video. There was a video that came out maybe ten years ago. It's a dude standing out in front of uh, Cleveland Browns Stadium, and he's just going on and on about how like. 
for some reason, like the city of Cleveland allows this team to affect their like mentality, like every Sunday. And he's just like, yeah. you're, he's screaming. He's like, you are a factory of sadness. And then he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'll see you next week. And he like walks off. Like, like he's just resigned to the fact that he's going to be there anyway. I'm going to find that video. Cause it's, I have in-laws in Cleveland. So I hear it all the time in terms of. You know what this is, Browns, you know what, you want to know what this season is really doing? It's creating true diehard Panther fans. I was waiting for somebody to say it. That's what this season is all about. This is a season for all the diehard fans. Yeah, we're separating the hearts. It's like, especially nowadays with social media, the receipts, they're out there. So the diehard fans are going to be like, yeah, you can come to the house. You come to the house. You can't. You nope. can't, yeah. You uh no, you can't I either. You, I remember, what you, I remember what you said. I remember what you said. Yeah, <laughs> we riding, we going the, to the Super Bowl. You can't come. The Panthers are starting to become the old Detroit Lions, man. Almost like um mm-hmm. could you say Arizona? What team was it that like kept firing guys like like every 18 months? And then they was it I think it was Detroit where they just kind of fired a guy every year. I mean Houston, Houston had had two and Houston. one or two one and done coaches, right? With yeah. uh Cully and Lovey, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, love yeah, Lovey and then yeah, then Cully came in for the, the interim or no that one year and then he's gone too. And now you, you got it right with D'Amico Ryan's. It's all about picking the right dude and the right culture and just Houston just got it right. And sometimes it's luck, you know, but getting the right quarterback, getting that right head coach, having all those picks, and you still had a little bit never, to begin with. They'll never admit it. But Houston would take Bryce Young if he was available number two. Yeah. Or, I mean, or if, they, or if, he, if he had the number one pick, I mean, if they had the number one pick, they were going to take Bryce Young. They were to Bryce Young. So I'm not worried about Bryce Young in terms of did we make the right pick or whatever. Like that, that's a conversation for another day. I'm more worried about Bryce Young's safety at this point. <laughs> I want to make sure Bryce is okay. Like I, don't want, I want to see him in year two and year three. I don't want to happen to him what happened to Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? Like I, I want yeah. to be able to. For them to try to build around him. Speaking of Kyler Murray, that boy, he looked like he never got hurt. Yo, what? I don't know what surgery happened to him, but yeah, you're right. It looks like he's almost faster. <laughs> like I saw him the other day. Like yeah, he had a AC. They're gonna blow their chances for the uh, the Caleb Williams sweepstake. Maybe. I mean, would you take Kyler Murray? Or I know we're up against time. Would you take Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams? I would. I would. Here's 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 what I would do. I would take Caleb Williams because by doing so, you can trade Kyler Murray and you know you're going to get something out of it. You're also you're, so you're going to get a, a franchise quarterback in that song. If you just keep mm-hmm. Kyler, see, I'd almost rather keep Kyler and trade and and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. to go with him. You and, know what? You know? The hell with that. You, you're right. Because yeah. <laughs> I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the he might be the number one player pick by the time we get to the draft. The way people are talking about him, so. I'd probably hey, do. don't don't what? sleep on Stu's guy now. Bo Nix is starting to <laughs> rise up the charts. Oregon, yeah, watch out for Oregon because Oregon might spoil Oregon. this whole thing—the playoff stuff because they're floating around. And this this Oregon State game this weekend is is a huge game for Bo Nix. Yeah, because Oregon State just lost to a, a very—they uh, lost a hard game, hard fought game against UW in the rain, elements, all that. And they probably pissed off, and, and it's and it's you know it's a big game for Oregon as a state. Oh. So, uh, you know, 
thoughts and prayers too to Jordan Travis, uh, the Florida State quarterback who got the leg Ooh. injury. Um, Man, that's I, tough. Yeah, and you know, I hope that everything's fine and he gets a chance to play in the pros because he was he started that program yeah. around like he Florida turned that State. program all the way yeah. around. And I don't please do not drop Florida State because he got hurt because somebody brought this up to me the other day. They didn't drop well. The playoffs didn't exist, but they didn't drop Ohio State when they were on Cardell Jones. He was the third string quarterback. Actually, and wasn't that that was the first year of the playoffs? The first year of the playoffs, yep. like they, uh, it was Barrett and somebody else, yeah. and then and then it was Cardell Jones uh, that was playing for him. They won the whole thing. So don't don't penalize, don't penalize Florida State because they lost their quarterback. Let, let this play out. If they're an undefeated ACC champ, they deserve to be in the playoff. Uh, I mean, somebody's gonna get left out usually. You got to kind of pull a guy or pull a team in to make it. Probably be Ohio or Michigan. Whoever loses, that's an elimination game Saturday. Ohio State, Michigan. Whoever loses that, they're out. Like, I don't see a way. And then you see them Ducks, man. They just got to win this game, beat you, Doug. And then we might be in there too. And and then there's Alabama. That's always just kind of there. Alabama always creeping in the back. They're going to win the whole thing. Watch. That's what happened. That's the script that I saw. They're going <laughs> to they're going to end up winning that seat. They're going to beat Georgia. They're going to get in the playoff. They're going to end up playing like Michigan or somebody in the national championship. And they're going to win. And we're going to be like, how did this happen again? And then Nick Saban's going to, well. Right, write right. all that down and post it. So that way <laughs> I've seen this movie before. It's like, we're, it's like Saw 5. Like, I've already saw this before. I know how it's kind of going to end. You see, you see them. Like, they take that loss yeah. early. And they just stay in the top eight the rest of the year and then right there at the very end they snatch the sec they beat down whoever and we're like why do we even doubt them in the first place it's gonna be alabama yeah. it's just all right saved a whole month of watching college football so <laughs> baked baked turkey smoked turkey or fried turkey Ooh, if it's done right fried turkey um but a lot of people don't know that it's you know yeah they don't know how to do it baked probably Make the marinade. It's the way we're gonna go. Um, Baked. I'm on meatball duty Thursday, so I'm making meatballs. Um, favorite favorite Thanksgiving I'm, dish. I'm smoking turkey. <clears throat> Baked mac and cheese. Me, Correctly, it's, it's homemade noodles. Homemade noodles. Mm-hmm. What you talking about? Basic now? noodles. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like I, I don't even know how to describe it because I, I have to actually figure this out for my wife because she's like, "What do you mean noodles?" But it's like they're like an off-white, yellowish type noodle, and it's kind of like I don't. It's not really cheesy. I don't even know how to describe it. But my my grandmother, my dad's side, makes it, and it is out of this world. Good. What? Like an egg noodle? Yeah. <laughs> like an egg I don't, noodle? I really don't. It, it you said it was cheesy. Like that color. It, it, mine, it looks cheesy. Is, it's not cheesy. Mine is, uh, can I get to the yams? <laughs> Sweet yams. Oh, no way. I'm never going to <laughs> I love that song. Dude. Oh, the- <laughs> I love pumpkin yams. pie, right? Pumpkin the- pie, candied yams. No, gosh, no. Me and my wife about that the other day. I don't know how people love to taste the pumpkin. Like, what? Nah, I don't mess with pumpkin. Ew. Nah, I was ah. pumpkin spice latte, yeah, sweet potato flavored. pie. I'll do a sweet potato pie. No, that's the worst. You want to know what sweet potato pie is? You know what you do? You know what you do? Yams, sweet yams. That's the worst. When you get a slice and you think it's sweet potato pie, and you bite into it, it's pumpkin pie. Yeah, that's the worst. You know what you do real quick? Get sick. You know what you do real quick? Pick them, 
for Thursday night or Thursday the turkey games. Ooh, okay. Packers Lions. I'm going Lions. Uh, where is it? Detroit. Yeah, they always Detroit. Host it, right. Uh, yeah, I'm going Lions. They're playing too well. Uh, I don't Dude, know who what you Packers got. Doing. Detroit Cowboys Commanders. I got Cowboys. Where is that? Dal- Dallas always hosts that. Dallas. Right? Dallas. Stu's on mute again. I got. Oh, you can't hear me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, we got you. Uh, the Commanders. Ron Rivera. Oh, about to ruin you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ron Rivera about to come in there. They Ron, Ron reading, reading these tweets all of a sudden. They talking about he on a hot seat. He like what? That's when he Man, shines. Y'all about to, yeah, we're gonna go out there at turkey bowl and we about to tear these legs. Des, Des is going Cowboys, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go Cowboys. And the last one I, we got. Oh, go ahead, Gibson. And then I was going to say, if y'all didn't hear me about the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions. Yeah, Seahawks. Detroit, the only team I want to see. And the last one is uh, Niners at Seahawks. Boy, uh, duh, the, 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 the 49ers, boy. Yeah, because the, the Seahawks have kind of fallen off a little bit, haven't they, the past like month? Yeah. And yeah. the Niners are getting healthy again. Uh, yeah, the, the Niners got I'm, defense. I'm going Niners. Niners. Brock Purdy just had a perfect passer rating last Sunday. And it, uh, last – Actually, actually, last one, Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. It's Ole Miss, right? Mm. I, I don't know enough about – I'm just going to go Mississippi State. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to go with Ole Miss. You'll put some money on that? Ole Miss was ranked top Ole Miss was ranked top 10. I put $10 on that. I put $10 on that. Sam Howell on Thanksgiving could be good. Uh, sweet Potato Pie is dope. Domino said it best. I love that song, matter of fact. Uh, people picking the uh, commanders. Actually, yams and sweet potatoes are different. What are you talking about, Willie? Uh, yams and sweet potatoes, the same thing, bro. Ain't it? <laughs> now, Willie gonna have me question this all day. Are you, I'm gonna be asking random people in Walmart. Are yams and sweet yeah, potatoes seriously. the same thing? <laughs> Listen, you take oh, the sweet potatoes and you, and you cook them down, brother. It's just, it depends on where you grew up. I think yams is if you're in the south. Uh, in the in sweet the season, pie, a northern thing. In the season of giving thanks. Thank you guys every week for tuning in to us. Uh, yes, we have a blast doing this, and yes. and we couldn't do it without you guys. And it's been it's been uh, and I know that it's been really rough uh, doing this. Trust me, I know I've been hosting <laughs> for four years, and I've yet to have a winning season <laughs> while yeah. we've been doing it. So I trust me, I, I totally get it. But yeah, we definitely respect the fact people are coming in and checking us out. It gets a little bigger each week. Uh, shout out to Believe uh, for uh, giving us some opportunities to put it in different platforms. And um, if you haven't yet, go follow us on our social media stuff. Uh, I'm hoping uh, that we're before doing you, some before you leave, yo, um, yams are actually different than a potato. <laughs> yeah. well, well, how did they're what, root? Oh, yam, oh, a yam is a root. I thought a potato was a root. Yeah, yeah. So sweet potatoes, sweet yeah. potato pie is not a yam. Wait, they sweet just look like they just look like each other. Potatoes are root vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> All my doing? life. I ain't really. I, I've never thought about it all my life. All I know is them yams coming at can. <laughs> oh no, not the canned yams. No, but, you, but y'all, but y'all are definitely turkey over this stupid ham craze, right? I mean, no. I mean, sometimes it's okay to have both. It's got to be inside, but yeah, you got to be Thanksgiving. True yeah. yams are a part of an entirely different genus. Discord. Okay, he went scientific on me. I'm gonna believe you, Willie. Uh, man, that's a whole other language right there. Morning glory, man. Come on, Willie. Yeah, taking us to school, man. There's some Willie. hieroglyphics. Yeah, Willie. Willie. What in the heck is an impomenia? <laughs> When Willie first typed that in, he was like, they're going to say that they're the same, and I'm going to have it 
in the chamber, ready to go. As soon as no, they really, say, I, I pre really, I appreciate you, man, keeping us yeah. educated out here. Because hey, Willie's one of the I would, I, I never week. even thought of it. I just said yams and sweet it's potato a, pie. It's a Google. Give it to me. <laughs> he just went to Google. <laughs> so on that note, they were gonna stop it right there. Um, this has been a Thanksgiving week edition of the Believe in Panthers podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Panthers Titans. Uh, I think it's on Fox. I think it's a one o'clock kick. Uh, just check your listings. Or like Willie said, use Google and check that so you can get the right times. Um, we'll see if Panthers can get a win. Maybe enjoy your holiday. The turkey. Enjoy the yams. The mac and cheese. And uh, go follow us on our social media. Believe in Panthers on uh, Twitter. Believe in Carolina Panthers on Instagram and uh am i missing one no that's it so yeah go follow us there we'll maybe start doing some shorts or something like that uh you can catch that throughout the week as well uh where we can talk about random things outside of the panthers because lord knows we're gonna probably need to start doing that in the next two months while <laughs> we get through the rest of this season if something happens after we go off the air today or through the week you might see us again before the week is over but to skylar's point i think we're we're probably good for a week before something like that happens so uh for skylar callahan for jonathan stewart i'm desmond johnson you've been watching and listening to the believe in carolina panthers podcast here on the believe podcast networks keep on happy thanksgiving thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.